Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Game five, the Golden State Warriors facing elimination in Jurassic Park. All the crowds going wild in Drake City. Durant comes back from his nine-game layoff. A fury by Thompson and Curry. But late, the greatness of Kawhi Leonard started cooking. A personal 10-0 run. But it was not to be denied. The Warriors dynasty, not just yet. Curry and Thompson end the game on a 9-2 run. And we've got ourselves headed back to the Bay in Oakland for game six of these NBA Finals. We welcome those of you guys again inside of our broadcast booth, myself and Michael Gray, product of the Virginia Union. I had a great, 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 great weather today, around 77, pretty cool and crisp. I had myself a great weekend. We took ourselves up to the shore of New Smyrna Beach, had ourselves a great time out there, and also got ourselves an interview with UFC star Jason Reinhardt for our show mm-hmm. as well. And I, you know about yourself, Mike? Uh, it was a great weekend for me as well. I was able to uh, go go to a couple of graduate graduation parties. Uh, it's great weather outside here here today, just like it is down there. And I'm, I'm ready to get to it. Let's get it. Yes, sir. Let's get to it. Here as well, our opening segment, guys, is proud and sponsored by Haifa Hookah Lounge. Haifa Hookah Lounge. The official partners and sponsors of the Sevy Podcast Radio Show. Everyone in the Sanford community, downtown Sanford, where it's located. Bucket hats, to beers, to hookahs, to beverages, to mimosas. Our friends Zeus and Hector have said invite everybody in the community. And oh, by the way, tell them Sebi from the Sebi Podcast Radio Show sent you. And Mike, the Golden State Warriors staving off elimination last night. What did you see? I saw a team that has that championship mentality, that championship grit. When their backs are against the wall, they have a bunch of underdogs on their team that know how to rise to the occasion. And that's exactly what happened. Steph Curry played phenomenal. He had 31, 8, and 7, uh, 25 in the first half. He was, he was tremendous. Uh, they, they were knocking down shots. Clay Thompson uh, on both sides of the ball played, played very well and, and clutch moments with those those threes at the end, at the end of the game, between him and Steph, giving them the tie and the lead, um, I saw I saw a team that that was ready to fight. You know, I, I have to give a lot of credit a lot of credit to Andre Iguodala. Uh, Iguodala's defense on Kawhi Leonard was stifling yesterday. It was it was disruptive. You're not going to completely stop Kawhi Leonard because he's just that talented and that gifted and that good. But you can make it tough on him, and that's what Iguodala did. And Iguodala made it tough on him the entire game. Uh, it was rough for him. I mean, he did get off a little bit in that fourth quarter. He caught fire. But um, when, it, when it all comes down to it, Iguodala played very solid defense yesterday. I also want to give a um, uh, a good shout-out to DeMarcus Cousins because, you know, when, Kate, when, when Kevin Durant got hurt and, you know, it was just deflating for that Warriors team, you could tell the emotions from everybody was just, you know, wearing tear on them. And they needed a spark coming off of that injury. And DeMarcus Cousins gave them that, that key spark with that 7-0 run. Um, he scored. He, he, I believe, he scored nine of the, the, the last eleven shot points through, throughout that little run, and it, it was a, it was a key spark that they needed to get that momentum back and get their get their confidence back up in this game. Let them know, yeah, hey, we're here to win. We're here to we're here to come win this game. And I just saw a championship grit. Whenever whenever they took a big lead, and um, Toronto tried to come back and, and draw close, they always had an answer for them. They 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 had a never say die attitude yesterday. 
They finally know now that Kevin Durant will not be returning at all the rest of this postseason. So they know going into game six and seven um, that they, the, these are the horses that, 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 are, that are, going to, are going to take with them. And at the end of the day, this is exactly what you want, want for the Warriors, a foundation of knowing instead of having something linger over your head. And I, I, saw, I saw a championship team yesterday. I saw a team fight, fight, fight to the end. It was a roller coaster ride, different momentum swings, and the Warriors came out on top and prevailed. The Warriors did prevail, 106-105 last night, and a gutsy win and a gutsy performance by the Golden State Warriors as well. Uncertain about Looney as well. He may be out for the remainder of the NBA Finals as well. Yesterday was intriguing because, and we're gonna get, we're gonna get to Kevin Durant in segment two here later on on our show. Um, I, I thought just Kevin Durant coming back early on kind of gave this team a jolt, a boost that we didn't, we haven't seen a, a lot in these first four games. Um, just his presence alone, I, and you saw the locker room um, pregame when he started hopping around and dancing. Just the vibe and the electricity of the team went, you know, it, it, the excitement just skyrocketed for them. And it showed in that first quarter. I mean, Kevin Durant, 12 minutes, 12 minutes, he had 11 points. He was three for three from the three-point line. And so what, what happened when he came in is that he opened the floor and spaced the floor because that boxing one, you're throwing that out the door. There's no right. boxing one for when Kurt Clay, Thompson, and Curry are all on the floor. So mm -hmm. – I thought that they really opened the doors as in terms of spacing the floor for Curry and Thompson to get cooking early. And boy, was cooked with Steph Curry especially and, and, and Thompson getting cooking early. The Golden State Warriors really came out. And, and I thought they would come out. You know, facing adversity, facing elimination, you know, this dynasty run that they've had for the last five years was in jeopardy. I, I thought that we would get a gutsy performance like them, and they did. But, you know, what I, what I came back from, from saying here, Mike, is, is this, and it's two things. One, the Golden State Warriors yesterday, they went as a team 20 for 42 from the three-point line. That's 20 three-point shots, and yet you only won by one. So going into game six, I'm not sure who has the upper hand here. Uh, should Should – uh, the Raptors feel okay that, you know, they, they gave up 23s and, and Golden State got hot in game five and they only lost by one? Or do the Golden State Warriors ride the... Looney potentially going out for the remainder of the season and fighting and trying to be resilient and playing for those guys going into game six back in the Bay. And, and the second thing that I took towards is this, and this might be the turn of event. Nick Nurse might have cost the Raptors a championship. Uh, I mean, Kawhi mm. Leonard, yes, he, he was stifled and stymied to first three quarters by Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala, I mean, 36-year-old, and this guy can still sit down. I mean, the, the way that he uses instincts defensively, he uses his hands aggressively um, without fouling is unprecedented. And, and we saw that yesterday guarding Kawhi Leonard and really bothering him. You can't really stop him, but you can only hope to contain him. And they did a very good job collectively, whether that be switching with Green, switching with Thompson uh, for a couple of possessions, and switching to Iguodala. But in that fourth quarter, Kawhi went bonkers. He had an, a personal 10-0 run. And in that 10-0 run, I, I, I saw shades of Kobe, shades of MJ, I mean, shades of Allen Iverson. I was, I thought that this was one of those moments where, okay, he was gonna take the nation of Canada. He literally had the palm of Canada in his hands, backpacking them on his shoulders and getting ready to hoist the franchise's first ever Larry O'Brien Trophy. And then Nick Nurse calls timeout. And what happened in that timeout? Obviously, in that timeout, you know. Kawhi Leonard got going. Livingston got gassed. Curry got gassed. Thompson got gassed because they were missing on the other end and they had to trot back on the other end to guard an avalanche by Kawhi Leonard. And then Nick Nurse calls timeout. What happened after that? At that time, Golden State only had one timeout left for the remainder of the game. The Raptors had three and they were down to two. Well, you've just granted Steve Kerr 
an extra timeout that he didn't need and the and oh by the way momentum was on your side i don't know if they got some gatorade i don't know what kool-aid they drunk i don't know what happened but for that last 328 you saw that that offense went stagnant because kerr committed putting two or three defenders on Kawhi Leonard and saying, no, we're getting the ball out of your hands. You're too red hot right now. The little uh, fire button on 2K. <laughs> we're getting <laughs> the ball out of your hands and we're daring somebody else to beat us. And the offense went stagnant. And then Thompson for three. Right back at you. Curry for three off a pin down screen. Thompson, punt fake, sidestep for three. And, all, and that's all she wrote. The Warriors win the game on a 9-2 run. But I, I think that, you know, going into game six, Raptor fans may have on their mind, Nick Nurse might have cost them their best chance of winning their first ever title. And this may be a series alter play, a series alter championship. Your, your thoughts on that? I, I, I see where people, where everybody's coming from as far as, you know, um, when he shouldn't have took the timeout and stuff. I understand that instead of um, – you know, instead of trying to take the time out, maybe you should have, you know, given the ball to Van Vliet or ran the offense through through Kyle Lowry or somebody else in, in order to, you know, conserve that timeout but keep that momentum that they had. Because you're right, they were rolling. I mean, Kawhi was on fire, and it's just like the the the, 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 the Toronto's defense was stepping up and, and was doing well. And you just tell, you could just tell it felt like the Toronto Raptors was getting ready to be the 2019 champions. That's, that's just the momentum that, that, that it they, had. Mike, they had the champions on their ropes and on for dear life. Uh, if And I think that Nick Nurse saved them with that with that timeout to kind of give the team time to regroup and, and tell Steve Kerr, okay, let's regroup and let's get back there and, and make a run. And that's what they did. No questions. Kawhi was definitely gassed at that point. So I, I see where Nick Nurse was coming from, trying to give, give, him, a, give him a breather to finish it off. But... Yeah, you right. You definitely stopped the stopped the momentum, stopped the wave, and you gave the Warriors a chance to catch their breath and get a game plan on how you're how they're going to finish the last three minutes. So yeah, I, I, I see I see where people are coming from with that, but and still all in all, you had the like you had a six point lead with three minutes, and you gave it away. I can't really blame that on the timeout. I can blame that on the players on the court that didn't that didn't capitalize on an opportunity. And then take advantage of the the only bucket that they scored in that final three minutes and twenty eight seconds was a a goal ten by Kyle Lowry driving to the basket. Outside of that, they didn't score a bucket. So it's, it was it was stagnant offensively. You, you mean to tell me you couldn't draw at least one play up to get another point? I, I I blame that more so on the Raptors players on the court than I do the coach. But at the same time, I see where people are coming from because it was it was it had it had some momentum behind it. DeMarcus Cousins was huge, especially when uh, Kevin Durant exited and um, he stepped up in, in about seven minutes. He scored 11 points off the bench, especially in that second quarter. Um, he was huge, barreling got bodies inside to the basket. And that's the old DeMarcus Cousins, the Kings DeMarcus Cousins that we saw there in that right. second quarter. Kind of give them a boost to keep the Raptors at bay from making a run, um, which they eventually did in went up in, in late in the fourth quarter there. Uh, I want to talk to you about um, Quinn Cook off the bench, who was huge. But that last play there, and, and prior to that, you know, Kyle Lowry went to the basket. It was a goal 10, according to the offici- uh, uh, to the refs, excuse me. And, um, and, and that last play that Van Vliet punt faked and kicked out, giving it to Lowry for an open three, I, I didn't really like that shot selection. You know, the great Pat Riley, great Pat Riley coach um, and GM now for the Miami Heats, he said two things, no rebound, no ring. And he also said, when you go to the basket, great things tend to happen. And I and they were down one. You didn't really need the three. I understand nowadays there's all the analytics. You know, the three-point shot is valuable, more valuable than the two-point shot. But you're down one. You're in your own building. Get that same switch that you got with Cousins with Larry because there's a lot of switching going on. And with Looney banged up and Bogut banged up, DeMarcus Cousins had to play. And so you had a switch with Larry prior to that possession going into the basket and getting a goaltend. Why don't you get Larry a high ball screen, high pick and roll on top of the screen? You knew they were going to get the ball out of Kawhi's hands and let him attack downhill. And I thought that that was the strategy that we're going to. I was a little bit 
thorough, actually thoroughly, you know, surprised that they took the approach in taking that three. Yeah, you you make up a great point where you talk about Kyle Lowry getting switched on with DeMarcus Cousins because throughout the entire game, Kyle Lowry had been feasting on that matchup. You know, he had taken right to the basket, whether he get to the hole or with the easy layup or whether he pump fake for the layup or he pump fake for a, a, a quick step back mid-range. I mean, he he was feasting on that opportunity of getting a big on him and, and taking him to the paint. So I, I understand where you're coming from with that, with that argument. I, I agree with you on that. Because the, you knew the Golden State Warriors were not going to let Kawhi Leonard beat them. They, they were going to make sure anybody outside of uh, Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard touches the rock in that last possession. So, yeah, you're right. Putting, putting Kyle Lowry in to make some drawing up a play for him would have been would have been nice, you know, to see. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, it was bad shot selection because a corner three when you're up, when you're only down one makes no sense. makes no sense. And it, it almost seemed like it was it was both a poor shot shot selection and it seemed like it was kind of rushed to some degree. Now granted it granted it was, you know, the last shot and it was time it wasn't much time left on the clock. But it but it did seem like it was a rushed play. They they looked a little out of sorts. It, it looked like they had a set play, ran for that ran for that um for that for that last possession and it didn't work. So they were just scrambling trying to find an open shot that made sense. And and then look what happened. You had Kyle Lowry clanking it behind the Behind the backboard, and, and and all she wrote, Golden State going to go home with a victory. Definitely, there quickly here going towards in Game Six. If you're Nick Nurse's unit, they hit twenty threes, and you only lost by one. What are you telling your team headed to back to Oakland? Oh, I'm telling my team we gotta we gotta go in here with a killer mentality and handle business like we have all season. Like this, this Toronto Raptors team is undefeated against Golden State, and they won in Golden State. They won in Golden State every single game. They won by double digits. So right. they, they they have they have confidence going into Golden State, knowing mentally that they can go in there and win this game. Now I I do I do I do need to let them know that this is going to be a different Golden State Warriors team that you faced on, on Thursday that than the ones that you faced in these last these last two games in Oracle. They will be much more sharp. They will be much more uh, ready. And you got to know that they will have they will be motivated coming into this game because this is the last game that will ever be played in Oracle Arena. They will be motivated. They will be hungry. You are getting the best version of the Golden State Warriors, so you better be prepared and come out ready and take 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 the crowd out of the game early. You do that, you give yourself a great chance to win. Definitely there. The Raptors 3-0 this season in Golden State. Margin of victory plus 13. So they've been really good in Oakland in Oracle. Second best road record in the NBA in the regular season as well. So they are focused. On the opposite side, you're looking at Steve Kerr's unit and they're playing with heavy hearts. They're playing with emotions raging right now. Going back home in game six in front of their home crowd in that building, what are you telling them? I'm telling them continue to show that grit. I mean, that never say die attitude is what's going to keep is one is what's going to continue this series. I mean that that championship grit that they showed yesterday, through all the obstacles, through KD getting hurt, through uh, losing the lead, to uh, to getting a big lead, and then having it having to come to be gone in the fourth quarter, to having to overcome with that nine two run, just continue to fight and show that grit. They're always going to be in ball games because of how they defend and how they can knock down the knock down shots. And all you got, all you have to do is continue to bring that same energy that you had in Toronto. And back in the Oracle, ride that crowd because you know Oracle is going to be rocking. I mean that 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 arena is going to be lights out, amazing. The crowd is going to be intense. Ride that wave and the energy, and the momentum that you have from this game, and use use KD's injury as motivation to continue to keep moving forward. Definitely there, Game Six, nine Eastern on ABC will definitely be there on Thursday night. The Golden State Warriors keeping their postseason hopes alive to getting back to winning a third straight and three-peating. That hasn't been done since Shaq and Kobe in 2000 to 2002. But folks, don't go anywhere because when we come back, we'll get our thoughts on Kevin Durant's re-injured knee and thoughts about his pending free agency this summer. You're listening to the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Streaming only here on WNSC Radio.
You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes? Have no fear. The Sebi Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info for any of our audio segments on Spotify and iTunes and some of our streaming visuals on our YouTube website and links there at sebipodcast.info. Some cool merch. If you want to DM us and send us all of your email requests, we'll be sure to get them here on the Sebi Podcast Experience. And remember, folks, whether you're listening on air or viewing online, Sebi Podcast is wherever you go. And that is the slogan. Sebi Podcast Radio Show, myself and Michael Gray, product of the Virginia hearing on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Kevin Durant coming into last night, Mike, 31.7 points in the NBA Finals. That's the fourth highest scoring average in NBA Finals history behind Michael Jordan, Jerry Ress, and LeBron James. And Kevin Durant coming back into the hardwood last night really wanted to get back to his team and help them prevail to get back and winning their third straight and three-peating, which hasn't been done by Shaq and Kobe back in the early 2000s there. He came out hot. I mean, made his first three threes, uh, went three for five in that first quarter. And then, of course, the the thing that sent shockwaves to the nation early on in that second quarter, getting guarded by Ibaka and rolling that calf injury that he re-injured previously in that rocket series. And and we saw it in slow motion, Mike. I mean, it, it was, it was really bad. Uh, you, you saw, you saw it kind of popped a little bit kind of, and, and, and at the end of the game, Ramona Shelburne of ESPN stayed reported that it is ideally a, an Achilles, the same Achilles injury that Kobe Bryant himself had which he wasn't the same that kind of slowed down his career so when we look at this and Kevin Durant you know marquee free agent this summer gonna be all 32 teams I believe (laughs) it's gonna try to get their hands on Kevin Durant but what does this injury do to his stock in the summer and perhaps you know not probably playing the entire season of, of the upcoming NBA season next year it definitely impacts free agency because I know um it, wherever he had had, wherever his destination was, if he if he had planned on leaving Golden State, I know he wanted a sidekick like a Kyrie or a Kimber Walker or somebody like that, and it could it could hinder whether their plans or where they want to go. You know, you heard rumors about whether or not whether KD and Kyrie would, would, would team up and go to Brooklyn. Well, it looks like right now that he, he, even if that would be to be the case, Kyrie would have to take over the reins in the first year without Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant would have to come in the next year. And I don't know if Kyrie wants to be put in that same situation because he was in a similar situation in Boston where his first year, you know, he had his sidekick got hurt and he had to take over the reins the first year and then the second year kind of messed up the chemistry. So I don't know if Kyrie wants to get put in that same type of situation with, with the Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, it, it, can hinder, it can hinder a lot of things about where not, not only he goes but where other, other free agents want to go as well. And if, if I'm an if I'm a owner or a general manager or anything, did this injury isn't stopping me from giving Kevin Durant the max? Kevin Durant, in my opinion, is the best player in basketball when healthy, and I know for a fact when he comes back from this torn, when from this, from this Achilles injury, that he he'll be he'll be fine. He'll be he'll be back to normal, back to playing the way he is. And even if he isn't all the way to hundred percent the way we know him to be right now before the injury, he's still he's he's still Kevin Durant. He still can give you. Uh, more than majority of the league can. And so I, I don't think this injury right here should hinder anybody from giving him the max because he's deserving of the max. But um, I understand how this can affect other free agents and where their destinations are where they want to go as well. Definitely there. By medical doctors in Golden State. Who is to blame for Kevin Durant getting re-injured here again? Is it the staff the medical staff of the Golden State Warriors, or is it the coaching staff trying to speed and 
kind of expedite him to get back running in the hardwood, knowing that they were desperate to get him back on the floor down through. Who, who should we look at and give the blame here? I think it's a combination of both because you have a medical staff that works for the team and not the players. You know, the best interest for the medical staff is not in the players. They work for the Golden, the Golden State Warriors. They work for that particular organization. And we had a situation here where it kind of seems similar to the San Antonio Spurs situation with Kawhi Leonard. And that's you, exactly where I was going. You know, right? it, just, it, just, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't seem to sit right with me because, you know, the, the, the San Antonio Spurs agenda was to hurry up and get Kawhi Leonard back into the starting lineup because they because they knew they knew how threat how much of a threat they were to win a championship with him in the lineup. Well, this is the same thing here with Golden State and the Warriors. They knew that they knew that how tough it is for them to beat the Toronto Raptors without Kevin Durant, and they wanted this championship because they don't know if Kevin Durant is going to come back or not free agency. So they panicked, and when you panic, you sometimes you make you make decisions that 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 you can't come back from and that you you might regret. And that's exactly what Bob Myers and the Golden State Warriors did when they cleared him to play, knowing that just because he takes a couple of jump shots here, he's warming up Duncan and maybe dancing in the hallway, doesn't mean that he's fully 100% healthy and ready to play. And it just didn't seem right. It didn't seem right to me because they not only did they clear him to play, they cleared him to start, and they said he, had, he, was, he was on a no-minutes no restriction. I mean, are you kidding me? This is a brother that hasn't practiced or, or, or stepped on a court since May. And yeah, you just and, throw- and I think that's where they, 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 they hope that they have changed that. And, and and you just throw him out there in the fire like that. that you, you saw Bob Myers. You saw Bob Myers uh, showing some. Um, uh, what was it? Tear tears in the press conference. I don't know if they were fake or not, but you can understand wh- where he was coming from because you could see that he realized it was his fault. He dropped the ball. He dropped the ball. He panicked and made it. Uh, er- Irrational decision to to bring Katie back, and you also have to you also have to um you also have to I give a slight bit of blame to KD in this sense, slight bit of blame, the slightest blame because you know Kawhi Leonard even with last year when the doctor said that he couldn't couldn't perform that he that he was cleared to play, Kawhi knows his body better than anybody else. He said, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not playing. I'm shutting my body down and I'm not playing until next season. I know my body better than anybody else. I feel like Kevin Durant. Uh, was so prideful and, and was so worried about, you know, uh, helping his team out and trying to win that championship for, for his team because he saw them struggling, which I don't blame him for doing. But at, at what expense does it? At what expense does it? Um, does it cost you? And it cost him possibly the entire season of next year. You know, I'm not. I'm not blaming Kevin Durant at all for coming back and, and, and playing for his team because he saw his team was struggling and he wanted to help them win a championship because that's the ultimate goal. That's why he came to Golden State to win championships. So he wanted to help this team out the best way he could, but at what expense did it cost him? You know, it's easy to say, oh, he shouldn't have played now. He shouldn't have this, that, and the third. But at the same time, Kevin Durant wanted to play. He wanted to play for a championship, but it kind of it, it, it cost him. You know, it's going to cost him next season. And who knows how, the, how these owners and managers want to, and general managers want to play this game because at the same time, at the end of the day, he's looking for a max contract somewhere. Um, I, I know for a fact if he stays in Golden State, he will get a max contract in Golden State because they, they're going to make sure that they take care of him after this type of situation. But if he goes to another destination somewhere else, who knows who knows uh, what these owners and general managers are thinking as far as do we want to pursue him long term? Do we want to put all our eggs in one basket for this guy long term, not knowing what he's going to be like after this season? Right, right, right. And, I, I, and, and I'm going to piggyback on everything that you said there. I believe that every GM in their right mind, would want a Kevin Durant, a guy that's 6'11 with a 7'6 wingspan that is a sniper extraordinaire, one of the greatest marksmen that the league has ever seen. But at the same time, I would be weary of giving him a max deal, and here's why. GMs and general managers or executives in these franchises, their best interest is for the team. And, and, And what the team is, is that if you give Kevin Durant a max contract now, not being ready for, oh, let's say a year and a half to two years now. Well, that first year that you're going to give him that max, you're at minimum giving him 35 mil plus. And that's going to be a cap hit. That's going to be a cap hit towards your flexibility on signing trades, your flexibility as in terms of keeping role players, key role players to kind of give a great nucleus around Kevin Durant for him to... Uh, play around, uh, for, for let's say, for instance, a la 
the Nets, you know, they've got a decision to make with D'Angelo Russell, right. right? Like Kevin Durant was to enter there. Great ownership, great coach, Kenny Atkinson. I thought he should have been in consideration for coach of the year for what he did this year. But let's say, for instance, Kevin Durant doesn't play until his second year of that contract. Right. Well, that's a huge cap hit because sooner or later, Jared Allen, one of the premier block shot blockers in the NBA, is going to start asking for his money. Yeah. Karis LeVert, a very talented player off your bench, he's coming into a contract year mm-hmm. as well. So weary if I am a management or a, an executive in the league giving Kevin Durant a max deal here um, – pending free agency but i'm gonna give the blame here to to the golden state warriors and bob myers and his staff especially the medical staff um and 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 you're right about the kevin durant individual as well because we saw this same occurrence happen last year or a year and a half ago with Kawhi leonard he's he's saying no i'm not gonna play and what i thought that was very intriguing what Kawhi did is he went out and went to other doctors right. and got a second look. He got a third look. He said, hey, can you guys evaluate this? Um, went to private doctors, went to private um, clinics and, and got treated and got evaluated by them. And I thought that that's where Kevin Durant should have taken a page off of Kawhi's playbook last year. And, and like I said, the Golden State Warriors, what was their intentions? Their intentions was to get Kevin Durant on the floor back playing and trying to expedite him coming back as far as I'm concerned. And I said this, Mike, I thought Kevin Durant shouldn't have played last night and he shouldn't have played it in the entire series. It's, it's not Kevin Durant's fault that you're down three, one, you're down three, one because you're facing a a superior Mm -hmm. opponent that has an exceptional team. And that is surrounded by an all time great player around Kawhi Leonard that you have not game planned for and you have not played well and performed in this big game. So you cannot put all the blame and putting all your eggs basket in and thinking Kevin Durant coming back to the hardwood will become your savior. So uh, that's, that's unheard of, you know, trying to expedite him and saying that, Oh, he's not working hard enough to push back to the hardwood. Medical doctors haven't cleared him. I, we feel as if that he's not, putting himself all in to work hard to get back in the hardwood. And that's where I think that, you know, Steve Kerr, Bob Myers, Jerry West as well, part owner of, of the Golden State Warriors as well, are, are crying right now and, and are shredded with tears because they knew that they did something wrong trying to force Kevin Durant to get back on the hardwood for the embedderment of the team to winning a championship. And, and you saw you know, just, I mean, it was distraught watching that yesterday by, by a Bob Myers in that post-conference there. And, and we can only imagine what the, you know, Dub Nation faithful is feeling right now back in Oakland. Yeah, absolutely right. We can, we can only imagine. Because, you know, Dub Nation, they love Kevin Durant. They love everything about him. They love the fact that, they, that he chose to come here to come there to Golden State. They love they love what he's done since he's been there. He's a great guy. He's a likable guy. Like, he's one of those pre- those people that y- y- it's hard not to like him. You know what I mean? He's such a good, genuine person. You know what I mean? So I know I know they're feeling it right now. Bob Myers is feeling it. The entire organization is feeling it. But majority of them have no, nobody to blame but themselves. I feel like, to be honest with you, because of the injury, the type of injury that he got against Houston in Game, in game 5, you know, it's, and I'm not going to lie to you, Sebby. When he got injured in game five, I thought he was done for the playoffs. I was like, we, he's, not touching the, he's not touching the court again the rest of these playoffs. Right, you right. Know, whether... And that, that's I had the exact, exact sign. Because when you look at it back, Mike, you, you, he got hurt and he looked back and thought somebody kicked him. He thought P.J. Tucker t- hit, uh, hit him or, or kicked him, per se. Right. And then when I saw that, I, I thought of Kobe Bryant. Well, that's the identical injury that Kobe Bryant had, Rudy Gay had, right. you know, those guys, those were alter changing career ending injuries. Right. Who's to say Kevin Durant may not be the same player again. Kevin Durant, an elite scorer, one of the best scorers the league's ever seen. Uh, he is a career. <laughs> and I think we take this for granted, Mike. He's a career 27 point per game score yeah. in the game. He's a 25 thousand plus point score right now before the age of 30 he has a legitimate chance 
of catching Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the top scorer to ever play the game of basketball. Yep. So with this injury that happened here, it, it could be really altered, career-ending and career-altering by the Golden State Warriors putting him back on that hardwood. You know, and it's 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 tough, and our prayers just go out to the family of of Kevin Durant. For sure, man. You know, he he grew up out here in this in the in the in the DMV area, and you know, it's a lot of love for him. It's a lot of love for him out here, and it always will be. And Kevin Durant is is in my opinion the best player in the league when healthy, and uh, it's, it's it really is sad to see him like that because he's one of my favorite players to watch. He's just so entertaining the way he can do it. Just the skill set that he has and what he can do on the court, he can get wherever he wants, whenever he wants, and it's 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 special to watch. It's sad, it's special when I watch him play, but it's sad to see him go through something like this. Definitely, there, Jay Williams, uh, NCAA championship with the Duke Blue Devils in two thousand and one, and second overall pick of the Bulls in two thousand and two uh, with Chicago. There, he was in the locker room last night with Kevin Durant as he mourned over his re-injured ruptured Achilles he had this to say about his best friend in that locker room let's take a listen he's hurt Greeny you know I was um, just not hurt physically but hurt emotionally I was in the room with him last night and we were watching the game and uh, the, the density within the air in the room made it challenging to breathe um, you know, for, I think for a regular player, it would be so difficult to compartmentalize what just happened on that grand of a stage. But the guy who Kevin is last night, he watched the last five minutes of the ball game rooting on his teammates, uh, getting FaceTimed by Draymond afterwards about just going back to, to the Bay Area and for them to win it. Um, but I, I think overall, Granny, it, it was, um, you know, you, you rush to get back on, on a grand stage like that. And for that to happen... Um, that was Jay Williams there talking about Kevin Durant being in that same environment in that locker room as he left in crutches heading back to Oakland. And you have to think now, Mike, going pending free agency, you know, are the Golden is this perfect match of Kevin Durant and the Warriors are, are, are ready for a breakup because because of this. We knew that. Kevin Durant always had his sights on moving on from the Golden State Warriors. Well, does this issue right here with the medical staff, the Golden State Warriors trying to push him back on the court, does this make this perfect match of a marriage start the beginning of a divorce? I think it absolutely can, depending on where where, where KD's head is, how he's feeling about the organization. I'm telling you right now, I would be – I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if KD's not really feeling the Golden State Warriors organization right now, because of the everything that's transpired and stuff like that. I know he's getting a lot of love right now, and you know he has a love for the people and everything right now. But you know, I think I think to be honest with you, they cleared him before he was before he was actually ready to go. And, right. and I don't and I don't know if he how he feels about the situation, but I'm sure I'm sure he doesn't feel good about where they stand right now and and the, the stance that they took, and um, the fact that everybody's so contrite now. It, it almost it almost seems uh, um, uh, useless at this point in his eyes, you know. So I, I think this possibly could be the end. I think it was the end before this injury, um, but I tell you what: what can keep, what would possibly could keep um, him in Golden State? Um, it was rumors going before he got hurt, before the, right around the time, like early around Game One or Game Two of this series, that if the Warriors were to lose to the Toronto Raptors, he probably would stay, and. If if Toronto Raptors end up winning the NBA Finals and beating Golden State Warriors, I think it's a high possibility that he might stay. Now I don't know how effective he would be because, like you said, this, this is a long recovery, and his timeline for coming back wouldn't be probably until next year's NBA Finals. And who knows if the Golden State Warriors are even going to be in this position again? So we 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 have yet to see whether or not. Whether or not he he will be able to perform next year or not, so we don't. We would, that's one of the uncertainties that we have. But I I, th- I think it possibly is coming into. I think it was coming into a divorce before this injury, and I think it definitely is coming into a divorce now. Definitely, there, Kevin Durant. All the prayers going out to him, uh, getting a speedy recovery, no doubt. and heading back to New York today 
getting reevaluated with MRI for with a second doctor in the city there in New York. Uh, all the prayers go out to Kevin Durant um, as he deals and mourns with that re-injured, ruptured Achilles. But as when we come back, we shift sports. We're going into OTA news in the NFL. Young stars, young quarterbacks are looking to get paid. Carson Wentz redefining the position of the quarterback in the NFL with that massive deal. And other news, you're listening to the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Hi, I'm Fanny. I'm Cecilia. I'm Joanna. And I'm Alwyn Jr., and we are Precise Tax and Accounting Services in Central Florida. And we would love to give a special thanks to Sebi Podcast Crew for keeping us up to date with everything sports during this busy tax season. Do you find yourself overwhelmed by the changes in our new tax law? Or would you just love to have the peace of mind that comes with dealing with a well-informed professional? If so, reach out to us for any of your tax, accounting, or small business needs, and be sure to let us know that Sebi Podcast sent you. Thank you. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Our final segment today, guys, is proud and sponsored by RDV Sportsplex. RDV Sportsplex the largest sports complex in Central Florida, and it's not even close. Tennis to hockey to curling to figure skating to fitness gyms to basketball gyms. Our friends here, located in Maitland, Florida, RDV Sportsplex, all your sports things and then some. Proud sponsors of our show. And Mike Carson Wentz sent shockwaves to the NFL world. Four years, $128 million extension by the Philadelphia Eagles, and 107 of that guaranteed. Well, his division foe, the Dallas Cowboys, are back in the news because earlier on, Dak Prescott heading into his last season here in his rookie deal, seeking a new contract. Should Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones back the dump truck for the Cowboys Resigning Dak Prescott. By, by saying that, you mean should they give him the same contract, if not more, than Carson Wentz? Right, or around there. Yes. No, no, he's not. I don't think Dak Prescott is worth twenty-seven to thirty million dollars. I think that's Dak Prescott is worth twenty to in that twenty to twenty-three range. He he, he doesn't he doesn't belong. Anything past twenty-five is. Uh, a, a quarterback that can get you to the Super Bowl, like the, the, is that is that capable of doing that? We have yet we have yet to see that from Dak Prescott. You know, people like to throw out, oh, with Dak Prescott, oh, he's the he's played every single game in his career, and oh, he's um, you know, he 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 has a winning record, he has a winning record every season. But at the same time, look at the pieces that have been around him and have been afforded to him, and look what happens when those pieces aren't always with there to him. You can't look when Zeke when Ezekiel Elliott went down last year. Dak Prescott was an interception machine. He couldn't get the ball to anywhere. He, he, he was throwing interceptions all over the place. Now he has players. He has a lot of weapons to his disposal this upcoming season. I'm very intrigued to see what Dak Prescott looks this year like this year with uh, Amari Cooper coming back, with a Randall Cobb coming in the slot, Jason Witten as your tight end, and also, of course, from Ezekiel Elliott, we know what he can do. So I'm interested to see what Dak Prescott can do. I have yet to see a quarterback that I, that I believe can take them to the, over the hump and take them to the, to the championship. So I don't, I don't believe Dak Prescott is worth 27 to $30 million. I say he's in that 20 to 23 range. Interestingly there, Dak Prescott, most, third most wins coming into – his third season, only Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson has more wins in their first two seasons than Dak Prescott as quarterback. And he's got weapons this year. Randall Cobb, a full offseason with 
Amari Cooper, Jason Witten is back to occupy the middle, mm-hmm. and Zeke Elliott is to find more of a bigger role this offseason in the pass-catching game with their new OC this season. Uh, contract year for Dak Prescott, things to look out for in the 2019 season for sure. We go to the defending champions, the New England Patriots, hosting their sixth Super Bowl ring in 18 years. What, what, what? That right there is just unprecedented there. Well, Super Bowl MVP, Julian Edelman, saying that he's ready to take a leadership role for Nikhil Harry, their Patriots' number one overall pick this season in that first round, picked at 32. Nikhil Harry, big-time player out of the Pac-12. Herm Edwards, who's to coach the Philadelphia Eagles, had a chance to coach him this year. He said to Bill Belichick, you're really going to like this guy. And Julian Edelman ready to take him under his wings. Your thoughts on that? That that's dope. You know, Julian Edelman is not only a great football player, but he's a great guy. And you can tell in that locker room that he's very res- well respected and well appreciated with what he can bring brings to the table and what he can do. And I, I like him taking this leadership role. You know, I, I've always loved the fact that someone who um, has produced and, and 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 put in the work on the field and ha- has a good name is is willing to take the younger ones under their wing and show them the ropes and show them how it's done and propels them to become the best players that they can be. I've always loved to see that, but it takes a certain person and a certain person with a certain type of cachet, if you will, that 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 someone will respond to. Like 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 Harry, Harry will respond to a Julian Edelman because he knows Julian Edelman. He's seen him play. He's seen him play, and he's seen him do it on the biggest stage. He's seen him do it in Super Bowls and big games, and he's come up big for the Patriots throughout his entire career. And he's one of the top receivers in this game that we have. So. If if anybody to listen to, it would be Julian Edelman. I love him taking that leadership role for sure. Definitely there in the kill, Harry. Fantasy owners, if you're looking for somebody with a banged up Hogan, banged up, well, retired now, Gronkowski, Nikhil Harry may be the guy for you. And Bill Belichick told Tom Brady he'd like this guy. Things to watch for the Patriots as they defend their title this season. We go from New England down to Atlanta where Matt Ryan came out to the press earlier on this week and said, hey, don't forget about us in the NFC. We're getting Devontae Freeman back until, and also a couple of our running backs. And we believe that we have the best tandem duo of wide receivers in NFL with Calvin Ridley, young Calvin Ridley, and Julio Jones. Your thoughts about Atlanta and the Falcons making noise and rising up? See, on paper, Sebi, they might be right. The skill set that they have with all their players when they're all healthy is amazing. But for some strange reason, Sebi, they haven't been able to put it all together on offense since Sean McVay's exit, since, since, since Kyle Shanahan's exit, excuse me. Kyle Shanahan, right. And, and then it just seems like the, cre- the play calling isn't as creative as it was it once was that year they went to the Super Bowl. And ever since then, their offense hasn't been as dominant. Has it been as fearful? Like, defenses used to fear going up against Atlanta because they were that much of a threat. Like, they, wherever you look, they, they had weapons that would just come at you. Julio, of course, but you had Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman r- rushing the football. Uh, Matt Ryan was dominating in the play. Taylor action. Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel was just absolutely stunning. Like, it's, it's like they were both, they were a dual threat with running Muhammad the ball. Sanu, and right. Running the ball and passing the ball with a threat. You're right, Muhammad Sanu, so... It's just like they 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 got they didn't get as creative with the play calling anymore, and they almost they almost got too predictable. So defenses got where with the key on them more. And I, I want I'm, I'm really interested to see with Devontae Freeman coming back. Of course, I'm really interested to see what this Atlanta offense looks like because defense defensively they can be solid. You know they're getting their starting safety back, who I love and I I really love this play this brother Keanu Neal. He's Keanu Neal is a bad brother. Excellent. And I love I love watching him play, and I'm glad they get him back in the back half. And they're going to need him this year. And I, I'm I'm pretty sure this defense is going to be solid. They still have Deion Jones, you know, Vic, Vic Beasley, and those boys. So I, I know I know that I know what they're going to bring to the table, and they're going to they're going to give them, they're going to keep them in games. It's up to this offense to see if they're going to if they can get back to that Super Bowl level offense, and Matt Ryan can get back to that MVP level of, of playing that he once was at, but. Um, the jury, the jury is still out for this team. I think they go as far as Matt Ryan and this offense takes them. Definitely, they go as Matt Ryan takes them. Matt Ryan, 2016 NFL 
MVP and more bigger roles for Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. They should be fun to watch. Telvin yeah. Coleman, not there. Fleet away in free agency. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the workload will go to Devontae Freeman coming back from injury there. From Atlanta, we take a trip to H-Town where Travis Scott is at. That's right. Mm-hmm. We go to H-Town where Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins came out earlier on this week and said that they want to be the best quarterback to wide receiver duo in the NFL. They want to be amongst Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski to Tom Brady, Rodgers to Nelson. They say that, why aren't we in that? And that's their hopes this 2019 season. Your thoughts on the Houston Texans, Tim? Well, the reason they're not in that is because Deshaun Watson hasn't fully developed as a start, as a quarterback. You know, he still has a lot of kinks in the armor that he needs to work on as far as his accuracy, you know, decision-making and things of that sort. And he's young. He'll figure it out. But at the same time, I, I love the mentality that they want to be the best. You should, you should always want to be the best. Every day, you should wake up and want to be the best. So I love that mentality that they have, how they, how they can carry that into training camp and into this offseason and into the season coming up. But, um, you know, De- DeAndre Hopkins is already one of the best receivers in the game. Oh, hands down. De- hands down. De- Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson uh, is, is, is trending upwards. But he still has a lot of things to work on to get better at. So I'm looking forward to see that tandem. They're 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 absolutely exciting to watch. Uh, it, it's definitely a show when when Houston Texans are on on the field, and I, I'm very intrigued to see to see how they look this year. And I think they eventually can be uh, over time. But right now, and to put them in the conversation with the Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelsons, or you know you know any any other Matt Ryan's, Julio Jones. You know, guys like that, it's, it's going to take some time. But I think they're definitely trending upwards and definitely are ascending in the right direction. Definitely there from Houston. We take a trip to Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati, where today they announced that Bill Lazor, new offensive coordinator and coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, are in a hot seat. They are in a hot seat this year for production because of the lack of production at quarterback by Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. and A.J. Green, Joe Mixon in his second season, and John Ross fully healthy in training camp. The Cincinnati Bengals are in the hot seat in 2019. Your thoughts about that? Well, they're definitely in the hot seat because for years and throughout, throughout the years, yes, they play in a very tough division, but they've had, they've had talent. They've had enough talent on this team, especially on this offensive side, to where they should have been competing for not only um, AFC champ- now, not only AFC uh, North North championships, but to get into the playoffs and possibly the Super Bowl. That's how talented this Cincinnati Bengals team has been over the years, and they've come up short year after year after year under Marvin Lewis. And um, you know the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals five obviously fired him. Or no, or no, he um, he resigned. Excuse me. And um, the the maybe him resigning is going to get them to move into a different direction. Maybe a change of scenery and a change of uh, authority is what they need in, in Cincinnati right now because, you know, they just weren't – let's just call it what it is. They weren't getting it done under Marvin Lewis. You know, they, they were falling short year after year after year. They never won a playoff game under him. And it, it, was, it, was, time, it was time for see, to see change. And, may, and you're right, they are on the high seat right now. But at the same time, I would like to see how they look uh, post-Marvin Lewis because all we've known for years to years is – Oh, the Cincinnati Bengals is with Marvin Lewis. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see the transition. Definitely seen there uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals. Bill Lazor throwing under the Sharks there and <laughs> a debacle out there in Cincinnati to restore order for Andy Dalton and a potentially scary offense with vertical threats like A.J. Green and John Ross right. uh, as well. From there, from a rather pedestrian quarterback, we go to an electrifying quarterback to Kansas City. It came mm-hmm. out today earlier that Patrick Mahomes going into the 2020 season may become the first ever $200 million yep. quarterback. And, oh, by the way, Mike, listen to this. 150 of that can be fully guaranteed. Your thoughts about Patrick Mahomes coming off not only an MVP season, but also 52 touchdowns total last year. He's a special player, man. He really is. And uh, get your money, brother. That's all I can say. Get your money because the collecting body agreement is going to continue to go. 
upwards more and more, and that that's why he's in a position right now where he's in where he could possibly get that two hundred million dollar contract. And my goodness, when you hear the number one hundred and fifty million dollars guaranteed in the NFL, you have to be excited for a player <laughs> because those are numbers that just haven't ne- that have never been there before. Get and, to a bag, Pat. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm telling you, and, and the sport the sport that is the NFL, where and in one play it could be all over for you. I, I, I would commend Patrick Mahomes to get that money. Patrick Mahomes is deserving of that money because he is a great – he's a very good football player. And uh, he had a great, great season last year. Uh, it, it was his second year, but we all know it was his rookie season. You know, so at the same time, he had a great year. He had a great supporting cast around him. I do think the absence of Tyreek Hill is going to affect them this year. Uh, um, without that, without that legitimate deep threat that defend that defenders have to worry about, but at the same time, this brother is special. Um, his mechanics are amazing. His accuracy is 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 on point, and his his deep his deep ball passing is, is he just has the total it's, package. It's, it's amongst he, the best in the NFL. Yeah, easily by far, and he he really has the total package as a quarterback, and and he can scramble with his legs when need be to pick up a few yards. So you know, I I, I love what what he is. I think. He's the future in Kansas City. I believe, it's, it's a, if possible, he will retire a Kansas City Chief. If possible, I, th- I believe he, he, oh, if, if, uh, if the right pieces are put around him and he gets put in that position, I believe he can deliver a Super, a Super Bowl to Kansas City. Um, he's that talented and that gifted. So I, I, I'm all for Patrick Mahomes getting his money and getting his dollars because in, a day, in this day and age and in, in this game, $150 million does not come around every day. Right, right, right. And then lastly here on our OTAs here, we travel to the Bayou in New Orleans. The New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees, for years has been New Orleans since Katrina, delivering their first title in, t- in 2009 to them. Well, earlier on this week, on last week, Alvin Kamara heard all the scrutiny about him being a little back and can't take the heavy load of the big backs on third down and shortage yardage. He said he's ready to show the league this year that he's gained a couple pounds on him and he's ready to fill in the role that once Mark Ingram, him and Mark Ingram were thunder and lightning back in a couple, uh, two seasons ago, he's ready to take that leadership role and gain a couple pounds and also show that he's more than a speed back. I think people need to need to need to understand the difference between not being ready to do it and not being not being able to do it because you have another back that's a number two back that's really a number one back as well. You know, what I mean, you, when you look at the New Orleans situation, Alvin Kamara came into a very unique uh, a situation because Mark Ingram was already there. Mark Ingram is a starting running back in this league, and when Alvin Kamara came, he showed that he's a starting running back as well because of how electric he is. Now, when you have a when you have a, when you have uh, threats at the running back position, you know, he just never had an opportunity to come on third down because he had another running back that, that was capable of taking care of that, that, that position for him. He didn't have to worry about it. But um, I, I absolutely believe that Alvin Kamara is ready to be a three-down back and can play on third down for sure because he's not, not only does he not have to share the load anymore, but he's ready. He's experienced. It's not like his rookie year. He's coming in and he's blind to what could possibly happen. No, he knows what's going on. He He's been through two full seasons of the NFL, you know, uh, two great seasons, I might add. He's already one of the top five running backs in the league, in my opinion. And he, he, I know what he can do on both on um, on offense, whether it's running the football or, or catching it out of the backfield. I believe he's absolutely ready for it. And because, because of that ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, he absolutely can play on third down. So him getting bigger and him working on everything that he's working on well, can, can help him pass protection and, and so on and so forth. And, I expect Alvin Kamara to have a breakout season this year, getting more touches. Definitely there. Alvin Kamara in his first two seasons, no player in NFL history as a running back has had more receptions and yardage as a running back than Alvin Kamara. And we know the Saints are playing for something a little bit more bigger this year for how their season ended last year. Last two years. Last two years, Sebi. Last two (laughs) years. (laughs) But nevertheless... Any, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, or any sport for that case, myself and Michael Gray, the best in the industry to get it to you. We want to say so long from now, from inside of our studios.
You're listening to the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Hello, my name is Ian Saunders with Saunders Property Group, powered by Home Expo Realty. I'm a sponsor, proud sponsor, and a big fan of the Sebi Podcast Show. Make sure you tune in. Just wanted to share uh, a few nuggets with you about the Central Florida real estate market. Uh, population growth is about 7%, which is among the top in the country, especially here in Central Florida. And I got news for you. If you're a renter, average rent is about $1,600 a month. What if I told you you can purchase a home, a $200,000 home, and pay less than that? Well, we can show you how. Uh, just want to be sure that you guys understand that at this point, interest rates have dropped to a 10-month low, so that means... The money is cheap and you get more bang for your buck. So if you're looking to learn more, definitely touch bases with me. Definitely tune in to Sebi Podcast Show. And in fact, hashtag Sebi Podcast Show and I'll help you get lender credits, pay off your closing costs. Hey, thanks for your time. Have a good one.